A big thank you to the sponsor of this episode, Lifestar Network. This is an organization that exudes compassion and connection. It's a network of therapists who are dedicated to bringing hope, healing, and recovery to individuals, families, and spouses affected by unwanted compulsive sexual behaviors and the powerful grips of sex addiction. Please, please, please know that you are not alone and that it is okay and that it is a sign of strength to reach out for help. Look them up at lifestarnetwork.com. Welcome to I See You, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 62, Growing Into a Drummer with Clint Pulver. How is everybody today? I'm pretty good, but my little boy has had the flu, like the actual influenza, we think. And we're on day five now, and he's still running a fever. And now Lydia started running a low fever, so I think we are going to be inside for a long time. (laughs) So we'll see y'all at Christmas. (laughs) The moral of the story is just to stay far, far away from my house, basically. We're going to make it because it's September. I love this time of year so much. And my cute sister affectionately refers to this time of year as September. Did you know that September is the longest month of the year? It's 61 days long. And I love everything about the fall and I just couldn't be happier to have it here. Like Anne of Green Gables said, I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. She probably really means Septobers, but you know. Our review for this week is from Coworper. I think that's how you say it. Please don't be offended. (laughs) Five stars with the title, Julie is sweet. Man, we could just stop there. I'd be happy with that. It says, what a fresh and real podcast that will strengthen your faith in Jesus Christ. Julie shares our problems of life and how to work through them. And while this isn't a specific podcast for Christians alone, I do try to stay authentic as that's such a large premise of this podcast. And so you will hear me talk about my faith. You'll hear me talk about Jesus Christ or God as as those things come up because to hide that would be inauthentic. And I hope that no matter your belief system that you will feel safe and, and a comfortableness here. Thank you so much for that review. Those ratings and reviews help our podcast to grow and help it to get more attention and just help to spread the love. I was able to meet with a woman just last night who has been deeply affected by the messages from the podcast and it was just incredible. It was incredible to connect and it was just another answer, another stepping stone in my life of reminding me why this has been such a special thing and why I'm so grateful to have the position that I do right now and to be able to witness so much good and so much compassion happening within our community. If you don't know our guest for this week's episode, he's kind of a big deal, but you wouldn't know that by listening to him because he's very humble and he's very kind. I first met Clint at an influencers night that we were both invited to, and my friend introduced us and she told me that he was someone that I should meet and learn from. We met up with our spouses and ate Thai food, which is always going to be a good thing because Thai food. And he's really continued to give me a lot of helpful, humble advice as I continue to build my own speaking career. I couldn't be happier to have his wisdom and fun personality on the podcast. Here's our conversation. Clint Pulver, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Will you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I I travel uh, the country as a professional keynote speaker, and I've been speaking off and on for the last seven years, and then full-time professionally for the last uh, three. 
And I speak to a, a wide variety of audiences, mainly uh, now we go into corporations and kind of advocate on how they can create an organization where their people like themselves best when they're at work. How do you create a great work environment? How do you create loyal employees and loyalty that lasts? And then we've got a new book that's coming out in uh, the fall of 2020. And it's called I Love It Here. And it's all based off of our undercover millennial research that I have done with organizations going in undercover, uh, kind of like undercover boss without the makeup. And <laughs> I go in undercover into organizations as someone who's looking for a job. And we interview these companies' employees and we find out what's working and what's not. And the magic of all the research is when an employee undercover, when I would ask the question, what's it like to work here? And the employee would respond with, I love it here. I love my job. I love what I get to do. I love my management. I love my coworkers. And the reasons behind that culture, the reasons behind that response. And so that's kind of what we built our business on. And, uh, and then we tie in, there's obviously uh, an engaging piece with storytelling, but also music. I've been a drummer for 22 years. And we incorporate percussion and a full drum set in the keynotes and uh, as well as interactive drumline experience for the whole audience. And yeah, so that's my life. I travel as a professional speaker. That is so fun. And you are married to the beautiful, I'm spacing on her name right now, Kelly? Yep. You got it. Yeah, Kelly? Kelly. And you have a brand new baby. What's your baby's name? Yeah, her name is Lily. And we are so in love and getting zero sleep, but it is the best thing ever. And life has totally changed. But yeah, it's, it's great. We've got a new addition, living the family life now. And uh, we're actually going to take her on the road here soon. We've got some events coming up. And so we'll get the baby on an airplane and get her, get her, get her traveling. So we're excited. That's so fun. Good for you. Okay, well, you first start uh, telling listeners, I know a little bit more about your story as we talked over dinner, but will you let us know how did you first get introduced into drumming? Because that's kind of where your speaking came from, right? You began as a drummer and that kind of morphed into the speaking career you have now. Yep. So when I was a little kid, I, I, was, I, was, not the, I was not the child that struggled with English or science. For me, sitting still was, was, very, was very difficult, still is. Anytime I would try to focus, I always just had to be moving. I always had to be going. I always, uh, and that's just been part of my nature. That's been who I am. But in a classroom setting, when you're trying to learn, or if you're an educator trying to teach, tapping and, and pacing or moving around repetitively is annoying. And uh, I got sent to, sent to the principal's office. I got nicknamed. I got bullied. And it was frustrating for the educators. But I had one, one teacher in my life, and his name was Mr. Jensen. And he changed everything for me. He was the first person in my life that really viewed a problem, problematic situation or what most people would deem a limitation or an annoyance, and he deemed it as a possibility. He was the person that saw it as a solution, not a problem. And uh, I'll never forget, it was, a, it was a moment that he reached out and truly advocated for me as a kid instead of just trying to develop me as a kid. And he told me to stay after class and everybody was gone. It was completely empty classroom minus me and Mr. Jensen. And how old and were you? I was 10 years old, 10 years old. So I was in the fifth grade and he looked at me and he said, listen, I know who you are. He said, I've been, I've been watching you. He said, I see what you do. You'll do something with your, your right hand and you'll tap on the desk. And then literally at the same time with your left hand, you'll do something completely different at a different tempo. 
And he said, in, in adult words, we call that ambidextrous. <laughs> and I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, try this. He said, can you tap your head and rub your belly at the same time? And I gave it a go and I could do it. And then he said, now switch, switch. He said, now can you rub your head and tap your belly? Now switch back. And we did that back and forth a little bit. And he just laughed and he said, I, I knew it. I knew it. And as he leaned back in his chair, he looked at me and he said, Clint, you're not a problem. He said, I just, I just think you're a drummer. And I've always been the person that believes in the power of a moment. And moments in our lives are truly what I think we remember. Some of them are hard. Some of them are tragic. But it's the significance of that experience that makes it a moment to the point that you don't forget it. And those moments shape who we are and who we become. And in that moment, Mr. Jensen, he leaned back in his desk and he opened up the top drawer and he reached inside and he pulled out my very first pair of drumsticks. And the deal was when he handed me the sticks, he said, listen, you got to promise me that you'll just keep them in your hands. Keep them in your hands as much as you can. And let's just see, let's see what happens. And that was 22 years ago. And I can honestly say that I have tried my best to keep my promise to Mr. Jensen. And as a, as a drummer, I've had the opportunity to tour and record all over the world playing music. And I've been on America's Got Talent. My whole college education was funded through either working as a, as a musician or having a music scholarship. And I graduated debt-free from college. And I don't say all those things to go, wow, good for you, Clint, or wow, that's amazing, or that you've done all those things. I, I, I tell that story and I say those things because of one, one person, one person that believed in me. Again, one person that advocated instead of just developed me. And I believe that great mentors connect people to their dreams. And that's what Mr. Jensen did for me. And that's how he became an icon, a legendary person that influenced in a way that I will never forget. Have you been able to see him since? Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Jensen is, is still alive. He lives in Midway, Utah, and we still connect uh, a lot. We go out to lunch. Um, he's retired, obviously, doesn't teach anymore, and is a proud grandfather of many grandchildren. Yeah, still in instrumental. I, tell, I still tell him, I go, you're, you're so famous, Mr. Jensen. You're so famous. <laughs> <laughs> All because of that story, because of that one time he went above and beyond the call of a, of a teacher. That's really special. Have you ever heard of the book, Thank You, Mr. Falker? I have it. It sounds like a great read. Yeah, it's, it's a very similar story. And I think it occurs to this, one, this girl in fifth grade, and it's the same thing where she has a struggle and she has, she's bullied and she has all these things happen to her. And in the fifth grade, she has a, a teacher that takes her aside and helps her to use her stuff for good. And then in the very end of the book, she uncovers that she, the writer and artist of the book, was that little girl. And it's called Thank You, Mr. Falker. And it's dedicated to her fifth grade teacher because now she's incredibly successful. She's one of the most famous children's authors and illustrators ever. But you're so right. It's that one moment. It's a beautiful experience and story of, of compassion and connection, which is why I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a story that we can all connect with, right? Because I think we've all had, you know, in some way, shape or form, at least I hope we all have, have had that Mr. Jensen whether it's a parent, whether it's a mom, a sister, a coworker, a grandma, a grandpa, somebody that believed in us, right? And, and saw something in us that we necessarily, you know, didn't see within ourselves. Yeah. It matters. It really does. So. It does. and gives us permission to live to our more full potential. 
Do you remember any of those any of those nicknames that you were given by bullies? I'm curious. Do you remember any of them? Yeah, I was called. Yeah, I was called the the Twitcher, or I was called Tapper. Uh, they called me the Tapper Boy. Hey Tapper. Hey Twitcher. But Twitcher was the most common. Like he's the kid that twitches. He's the kid that moves. He's the kid that always, you know, never sits still. And I'm sure you never imagined that that would change your life, right? Not at all. Like during that time, during that moment, I had no idea the significance of what was happening. No idea. I first off thought I was in trouble because he told me to stay after class. And second of all, he just, he gave me drumsticks, but the drumsticks were an outlet. The drumsticks allowed me to create. The drumsticks gave me something to do. They gave me something to be a part of. It also was a connection to uh, something bigger than myself. It was cool to be a drummer. And anytime again, I felt restless or I needed to move or I would just go up on my bed and I'd take my sticks and I would just play. And I loved music. My dad loved rock and roll music and 80s rock. And so to you know, put on the headphones and play and get mom's pots and pans, it just developed. It developed into something that would not have developed had that moment not had been this, this situation. How would you say compassion and connection has played a role in you becoming a drummer? Above all, it's taught me that everybody has worth. Everybody has value. And then that might seem like, well, no, duh, right? Or, well, yeah, obviously. But I think the actual practice of that in everyday life is easier said than done. And it's taught me in a situation where I'm frustrated with somebody or something's not going the way that I want when it involves another human being that you've got it. You've got to see it through their lens. You've got to have compassion on their particular situation because I I do, I I think that most people are trying to do their best. I really do. I believe that, that, that sure we make wrong decisions and nobody's perfect, but I still believe that most like mothers are trying to do their best. Most dads are trying to do their best. And when we give people that benefit of the doubt, and again, we try to see what's right in the situation and not just see what's wrong, it morphs everything. Uh, It allows you to focus on the good. It allows you to see the potential and the worth instead of the limitation or the frustrations. I've had so many people that have done that for me and that have been there for me. And so it's, again, it's helped me in those situations to be more aware of how to see people in that light as well. Well, and that really brings light to me why you are so approachable and why the first time I met you and you heard a little bit about what I do, you immediately were like, hey, anything I can do for you because you've had people do that for you. Totally. Everybody deserves a phone call. In my opinion, everybody deserves a phone call. And I get like, you know, you hear the celebrities or the people, I mean, they're so busy and everybody wants their time. But most people like you're not, you're not, I don't know, you're never that important, right? I hope that you never become that important, that you can't give people your time. You can't give people, no, you still have to have boundaries and you still have to be sensitive to your priorities and what's really important. But again, I believe everybody should stay sensitive, stay sensitive. And what goes around, it does come around. And because people were sensitive and people took time, I lived a better story. And so, yeah, stay sensitive and everybody deserves a phone call. I love it. ever wants to talk or needs anything, I hope I'll always be the person that says, I've got time for a phone call. Yeah. That could go on your tombstone, right? I've got time for your phone call. (laughs) Yeah. It wouldn't be a bad one. Call me. If there's someone listening that's feeling discouraged, you talk to thousands of people all over the country. But right now, 
I'd love for you to speak to the one, to someone that's feeling discouraged. What would be your message to them in all your experiences as, as a drummer, being bullied as a speaker? What are some thoughts you could leave them with to help them push forward a little longer? That's a, it's a hard question, right? Because everybody's in a different situation. Everybody's in a different place. And I'm always, I'm always very cautious too, as a, as a professional speaker to give advice because again, first off, you never know if it's, if it's wanted <laughs> for one. So I always ask, you know, if, if people are willing to, to have my opinion and obviously this is a podcast. So as I answer this, it might not apply to everybody. And this is just, again, my own thoughts and opinions. Well, I think the first thing that I would say is it always gets better no matter what. And I 100% can say that. And obviously when you're in the thick of a trial or a tough situation, you never see that. And it's impossible to fathom that. And it's literally even more impossible for someone to try to tell you that. But it is true that no matter what, it always gets better. I'll never forget when I was a little kid, I, I lost my I got fired from a job. I was working at the airport. I always wanted to be a pilot and I crashed an airplane wing in the side of a hangar as I was trying to pull the airplane out. Huge expense. I got fired on the spot and it was like the worst day of my young life as a high school kid. Finally nailed my big dream job working at the airport and I think I'd only been there for like a month and I got fired and the guy was so furious and so mad and just let me go on the spot. I'll never forget my mom just saying, she said, eventually you will find your smile again. And eventually it will always get better. And obviously, of course, at that moment, I never, I did not believe her. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, mom. You don't understand. You don't, you don't, you don't know what it feels like. But eventually I found my smile again. And eventually it got better. And so in the thick of any trial, hold on, just hold on. Dawn will come. The, the sun will shine, goodness will happen, miracles will abound, good things will come. It always gets better. And then the second thing that I would say that if you're having a hard time, and as hard as this is, but, but reach out and, and be willing to ask for help. I think that that's one of the hardest things to do, at least for me personally, is when you're in a tough time, it's hard to sometimes ask for help because you don't want to seem stupid. You don't want to see, uh, uh, feel weak or you don't want to be looked down upon. And what I have found uh, in, in the people that I have spoken with and worked with and the organization, I do, I ask a question in my keynote, we kind of make this little mock situation of a trial where somebody has to open up a water bottle. And Chad Hymas is the one that taught me this and gave me permission to use this from time to time. And we ask someone to open up a water bottle without their hands. And it's literally an impossible feat. And every time I've seen Chad do this, and the few times that, again, getting his permission to use that on stage, it's easy to see when people will come up and they'll help, they render service to this person that's struggling to open up the water bottle. But what's interesting is the person that's struggling to open up the water bottle never thought to ask somebody to just come up and open up the water bottle. And then I always ask the audience, raise your hand if you would have helped the person open up the water bottle if they would have just asked you. And every time, every time, every hand goes up. And, and it shows how willing people really are to help 
we know in trials and difficulties, having support is a necessary thing. Having that ability to connect with other people during times of trial expedites the healing process, expedites the possibilities of things getting better. When you have support and when you connect with people. And so be willing to, to, to find and, and foster relationships that when times are tough, you can ask for help. I always believe never forget a friend and never let a friend forget you. And I think in times of trial, as we remember our friends, and then we never let our friends forget us as friends, that helps through those hard times. Because that creates a connection and an ability that when tough times come, that you can reach out to people and ask for their help. And so those are my two things. It will always get better. And don't be afraid to ask for help. That's beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. And thank you for being on the ICU podcast. I appreciate it. Oh my goodness, a pleasure. It's an honor. Thanks for uh, making it happen. Isn't he great? If you want to find out more about Clint and the powerful impact he is having in so many lives, check out his website at clintpulver.com. And that'll be in the show notes as well. Another big thank you to this week's sponsor, Lifestar Network. I hope we all are aware that pornography is having devastating effects on relationships, on homes, and on feelings of self-loathing, including suicide. So many know these things. Sometimes we all feel a little overwhelmed, I think, and we don't really know where to turn to find healing for ourselves and our loved ones. Check out LifestarNetwork.com. Their mission is to heal, to bring hope, and to help you rebuild your life. And I'm so honored to have their support on this podcast. Have a beautiful September weekend, everybody, and I will see you next Friday. I mean, I will talk to you next Friday. <laughs> I don't know if I'll see each and every one of you, but I wish I could. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you. <laughs>